Hello, beloved. Welcome to this Bible study where we are going to look at the titles and the names of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, when we look at the titles and names of Jesus, the Bible actually gives us different titles and different names for Christ. And the reason why, I believe, is because it helps us to understand clearly who Jesus is, or it helps us to understand better who Jesus really is. You know, we want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We want to to get to know more about His saving work that He has done for us. But we also want to get to know Him better. We want to gain more knowledge about Him. So that at the end of the day, the more we know about Jesus Christ, I think it's it's easier to trust Him. And it's easier to, to, to basically share Jesus Christ with others. So I believe it's important for us to go into Scripture, see what Scripture has to say about the titles and the names of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before we continue, though, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for the revelation of your word that teaches us more about the titles of Jesus Christ, but also the names of Jesus Christ, by um, which he is known and became known in that time and explains more about who he is. Help us, Father, to get to know Christ more and more and better and better every single day that we can grow in the grace but also in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Right, the first thing we look at when we look at the titles and the names of Jesus Christ is uh, found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Listen to this. It says, Looking unto Jesus... The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, this is so beautiful. Jesus is known as the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, what Hebrews tells us is that Jesus Christ... Uh, obviously, the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, what he did was he came down to earth, the incarnation, so that he can be the author of our faith, so that he can be the one that um, pays the penalty for our sin, that he can be the one in whom we have to place our faith and our trust so that we can have eternal life. So in Hebrews it says, We're looking unto Jesus, and Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Not only the author, because if if he was only the author, that means he was the one who basically, uh, how can I say, instituted our faith. The the salvation that we need, he would be the one that would author it. He would be the one that would um, basically institute how it should be done and what should be done and whatever. But he's not only the author. He's not just the one who starts our salvation. No, he's also the one who completes it. He's the finisher of our faith. And for him to be able to be the author and the finisher of our faith, what he did was he came down to earth, okay, and then he endured the cross. He was despised by people. And um, later on, he ascended into heaven, now seated at the right hand of the Father, preparing a place for us. 
But he's the one who starts our faith and he's the one who finishes our faith. He's the one at the end of the day that will take us into glory, that will take us to be with him forever and ever. As we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that those who died in Christ will rise first and those who are alive in Christ uh, at that specific moment, they will be changed in an instant and everyone will meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air and so we will be with him forever and ever. ever. And in, the, in that sense, he is the one who starts our faith in the sense that he gives us the rebirth. Now. He, gives us, uh, the, he gives us regeneration through the Holy Spirit. So we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit. That's how our faith starts. And God gives us a measure of faith so that we can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not where it ends. It actually uh, continues. It becomes, how can I say, uh, he, he continues with our faith and he completes it at the end of the day. Absolutely amazing. All right, so Jesus is known as the author and the finisher of our faith. But he's also known as the Prince of Life. If you look at Acts chapter 3, and we read verse 14 and 15, Acts chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, we read the following. It says, But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. This is now... Spoken to the, the Jews, ne? because they were the ones who said, no, release a, a criminal, but crucify Jesus. Then they say, then we read in verse 15 of Acts chapter 3, And killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. So clearly, this prince of life refers to Jesus Christ. Ne? Now that word prince actually means if you if you go to the meaning of that word it actually means originator pioneer or the beginner of something so when it says that uh, jesus christ is the prince of life that you killed it means that he is the one who pioneers or he begins life he gives people eternal life it originates with him Right as the prince of life, it's actually such a beautiful uh, expression, eh? Jesus Christ is the prince of life, but obviously he's the originator, he's the pioneer, he's the beginning or the beginner of um, of our faith. All right, and obviously the Jews, they wanted Jesus dead, crucify him, crucify him. They they cried out, and that's exactly what happened. But praise God, uh, Jesus was raised from the dead. And uh, he appeared alive to his disciples and many others. And then he ascended into heaven. And he's now at the right hand of the Father. He's the Prince of Life. And everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will have everlasting life. And the reason is because Jesus is the Prince of Life. He is the originator of eternal life. He's the, he's the one from whom, uh, from where, uh, yeah, can I say, this eternal life comes. It comes and originates from Jesus Christ. All right, but not only is Jesus the author of our faith and the prince of life, he's also known in Scripture as the author of our salvation. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 says the following. It says, For it was fitting for him, uh, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bring many sons to glory, 
to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. You see what Jesus is, is called here? It's basically the author of salvation now, but in, in the New King James it says the captain of their salvation. Absolutely amazing. Now, this this phrase, captain of their salvation, that captain, it can actually be translated as a pioneer or a leader uh, or originator. You see, Christ Jesus is the source. He is the initiator and he's the leader in regards to uh, salvation. He's the author, as we read before. Okay. So this captain of our salvation means that he's the pioneer, the leader, or the originator of our salvation. Absolutely amazing. And he's the leader of our salvation. It's just so beautiful. Of course, captains normally in the army, uh, they, they are leaders, and they lead a certain group of, of people. And Jesus being known as the captain of our salvation, which means that he is the leader of people who received salvation. Now, if we go to Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 10, we read the following. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. Right, so now, now this root of Jesse, this, this idea of the root of Jesse, it can actually be translated a little bit differently. It, it, we can say it is the shoot from the root of Jesse. So it's a shoot that comes out from the root of Jesse, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So obviously he still comes from the root of Jesse. He comes through Jesse uh, because he, uh, Jesus is a descendant of David, no? Uh, and he is the king of the Jews, right? But he's a shoot from the root. That's basically what it means, the root. And then, but it says about um, Jesus Christ, let me just read it again. Isaiah 11, verse 10. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, speaking about Jesus Christ, who shall stand as a banner to the people. This is what Jesus is going to be to the people of Israel. He's going to be a banner to them. Now, this this word banner basically indicates uh, a flag or a, a symbol to rally around. The root of Jesse, now that's Jesus Christ, will stand as an ensign, as a, a signal for the people. It's like a flag or a symbol that the people can rally around. Jesus Christ will be that shoot from the root that will be a symbol to rally around because he's the Messiah. And in that sense, he's like a banner to the people. The people can look to him. Okay? Uh, and the Gentiles can seek him because they will find him like people find a banner. A uh, banner is normally used in, in war, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they, they have these banners to show you who's king uh, these people are fighting, uh, the, the people that fight who who their king um, is and, and that kind of thing. So uh, ba a banner is identification. All right, so Isaiah 11 verse 10 says to us, In that day 
there shall be a root of Jesse, in speaking about Jesus Christ, that would be born from the lineage of Jesse. Now, he would be a shoot that comes from that root and uh, who shall stand as a banner to the people. Jesus Christ would be a banner, would be like a flag, would be like a rally point for the people of Israel. Right. And then it says in Isaiah, obviously, that the Gentiles will seek him. And his resting place shall be glorious. And, and this is prophetic of the Gentiles who would come to salvation in Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul basically made that very clear. Ne? That um, at the end of the day, that salvation also goes to the Gentiles. But it's through the same person, Jesus Christ. Absolutely beautiful. But then, if we go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 we find the following. It says, it's to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. But that Beloved is in the capital, is written a capital letter. All right? So it's to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved which means we are accepted in the Beloved, and that Beloved is Jesus Christ. Now the title of Jesus Christ, He is the Beloved. Now the Beloved basically refers to the divine grace, now that undeserved love and favor of God, unmerited favor. Uh, that has basically made it possible for sinners to be accepted by God through the substitutionary death and the imputed righteousness that is provided by Jesus Christ. That's the beloved. That's what it refers to. The beloved doesn't talk about fellow brothers and sisters or the people of Israel. No, no, no. It refers to Jesus Christ. All right, That makes it possible for sinners to be accepted by God because of his substitutionary death and the fact that he imputes righteousness to to, to those whom he saves and those whom he gives the gift of faith and, and those whom he works to repent of their sin. He gives them, the imputed, gives them imputed righteousness so that they will be acceptable by God. And in that sense, he is the beloved one or the beloved. As we read in Ephesians 1.6 where it says, To the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We are accepted in Christ. We are accepted uh, in His divine grace. Beloved, we are accepted by Him because of His substitutionary death. We are accepted by Him, by the Beloved, uh, because of His imputed righteousness. And by the way, Jesus is the Beloved because He is sent from the Father. He is the Son of God sent uh, by the Father for us who would be saved. Right? That's just absolutely amazing. Absolutely beautiful. But then, in John chapter 3, verse 32 and 33, we read the following. It says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. 
So Jesus Christ is basically called the bread of God. Ne? Verse 33 says, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven. So Jesus Christ who come, came down from heaven, he's the bread of God. Okay. Now, it's interesting that um, Jesus said that it wasn't Moses who gave them the bread from heaven. It's God, the Father, who gives the true bread from heaven. And, and remember, Jesus was referring to himself as the bread um, of God. Ne? He calls himself the bread of life. We're going to get there just now. Uh, th this phrase, bread of God, is basically synonymous with the phrase bread of heaven. We find in John chapter 6, verse 32. Right, so the bread of God, the bread from heaven, uh, is synonymous. It's, it's very, very similar. Now, Jesus is called the bread of God, but he's also called the bread of life. If you read the same passage, John chapter 6, you will find that Jesus calls himself, I am the bread of life. That, that's what Jesus says very clearly. And it seems that Jesus is the bread which gives life and then preserves from death. So he is the life giver, but he also is the preserver from death. And, and this idea of Jesus is the bread of life, this, this title that Jesus has, what he is called, is one of the seven I am expressions of Christ. You know, Jesus is the bread of life. He's the living water. Uh, he's the true shepherd. All those kind of expressions, the I am expressions of Christ. Uh, th that's who Jesus is. And it all explains to us something about who Jesus Christ is. But it's so beautiful to say, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Jesus Christ is the bread of God. Jesus Christ is the beloved one. Jesus Christ is our banner. Jesus Christ is the author of our salvation. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Life. He's the author of our faith. Beloved, those are, are, are things that are names or, or descriptions given to Jesus Christ. And, and in those descriptions, we can see exactly who Jesus Christ is. Not only is he the author of our faith, he's also the finisher of our faith. And he's the, the prince of life. He's the originator of life. We know that Jesus is the creator, né? but he, he's the originator of eternal life. Né? Life eternally. He's the author of our salvation. He's the captain. Né? And, and he, he's our banner. He's the, how can I say, uh, he's, he's the one that basically stands out to such a point that people can rally, us as believers can rally around him because he is like a flag, he's, um, he's a banner. But then he's also the beloved one. No? And he is the bread of God and the bread of life. Beloved, it tells us something about Christ and, and, and it's so beautiful and so amazing because it immediately explains something um, of who Jesus Christ is and who he, how we can get to know him through Scripture in the descriptions that is given in the Scriptures of who Jesus Christ is. His titles, but also his names. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely wonderful. So, 
Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer and let's thank Him for who He is. Heavenly Father, we thank You for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how He is revealed to us in Scripture. And that we can learn more about who He is. And I mean, we're just touching the, how can I say, the, the, the surface of the way that Scripture reveals Christ to us. And I pray, Father, that Jesus Christ will become known to each one of us, that we will grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ, that we will get to know Him better and better as our Savior and how He saved us, but also get to know Him better in the sense of who He is. Oh, Father, may that be true in our lives. And so that when we talk to people about Jesus Christ, we talk to them about Jesus Christ as revealed in Scripture and not what we think and who we think He is. Father, this we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and may He give you His grace. God willing, until we have our next Bible study or when we talk again, God bless. Bye-bye.